From the Ritz to the Anchor and Crown, I hear they're all listening to Bright Lights Big City. Well, this is show number five. My name's Johnny Corsair, and I've bought myself a pop shield. So no more will you hear those loud P's and B's. And if I wanted to, I could even click my fingers, and it wouldn't hurt your ears. Hey now. Hey now, hey now, hey now, hey now, it's finger pop, popping time. Hank Ballard and the Midnighters from 1960. He was born John Kendricks in Detroit. And there are no twists and turns in Hank's career. No troubles. It was just fun. Lots of hits. As I said, 1960. And the year before, he brought out a single called Teardrops on Your Letter, which was written by his producer, Henry Glover. And the B-side, a year later, was made famous by Chubby Checker. The Twist came out in 1960. So naturally, the single by Hank Ballard was reissued and flipped over, so the twist was the A-side. Right, having played a G.L. Crockett song on his latest podcast, Small Town Talk, my mate Pete said, Mr. Crockett's involved in an answer record, and there's a bit of research with it. Over to you. Well, Mr. Crockett actually provides the question. He recorded a song called It's a Man Down There. And the answer in 1965 was our man himself, Jimmy Reed, who provides our intro and our outro. And here he is with I'm the Man Down There. You on the second floor What you don't know You reach it to high boy You bound to hit the floor uh uh-uh. You're messing with 
Jimmy Reed and I'm the man down there, 1965. And when Pete said there's a bit of research, well, have you got a pen and paper? This bit's like rewinding a relay race in some ways, and it's also a little bit like Hank Ballard reissuing the twist as an A-side after Chubby Checker's success. Because you had a song called One Way Out by Elmore James. He recorded it about late 1960, but he didn't release it then. Sonny Boy Williamson too, to differentiate between Sonny Boy Williamson, he heard Elmore James's record reworked it and released it straight away in 61 and then Elmore James released his one in 65 and in 65 G.L. Crockett heard it and he decided to give it a Jimmy Reed type vocal and then when Jimmy Reed heard it in 65 he thought well nobody sounds like Jimmy Reed better than me and he did I'm a man down there. Okay next up in a recording session on June the 16th 1926 the producer Richard M. Jones recorded a band headed by Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong and his Hot Five, or Lewis if you're in the States, first time under Armstrong's name. And the next day, June the 17th, he recorded This Woman. And from the sleeve notes of her album, Michael Corcoran says, Two days in one room in Chicago, and neither jazz nor gospel would ever be the same again. This is Arizona Drains. Oh, 
by and by we're going to see the king with that chilling line i wouldn't mind dying if dying was all i'm playing that from the excellent record company tompkins square out of san francisco a release they regard as a book because on the cover it says include cd with 16 tracks it's called here's my story the sanctified soul of arizona drains I tend to see it as the other way around. It's a CD with a great booklet. As I said, Michael Corcoran is the music critic who's uh, the author of the book. And he starts it by saying, When Arizona drains, blind and broke and a little wary, took a train from a home in Fort Worth, Texas to Chicago in June 1926 to record for the OK label, there was no assurance anything would come out of this trip. Well, it did. These 16 tracks on this CD from it. And as a young girl in Texas, Arizona went to the blind dumb and deaf institute for colored youths and kokoran puts the record straight he said this wasn't an orphanage or a children's home nor an asylum for imbeciles but a school for the educable blind and deaf and in terms of the music education there very formal there was a four-year course and in the sleeve notes there's an actual extract from the syllabus in the third year arizona would have been studying haydn and schumann and in her last year the fourth she was studying Mozart and Beethoven, amongst others. And at one time, when she was in Chicago, she would play regularly at the Church of God in Christ. And in the congregation, there was a little 11-year-old called Sister Rosetta Tharp. We played in the past What's Going On, celebrating its 50th anniversary. And I'll take you there, the Staple Singers, also 50 years old. And now from another record that's reached that landmark, it's Rolling Stones and Sticky Fingers. No, it's not a soul album. They're not a soul band. From this is his Moonlight Mile and it's Lee Fields. Down the road 
Taken from his 2012 album Faithful Man on Truth and Soul Records, that was Lee Fields. And at the time you could have got it on the cover-mounted CD to Mojo magazine called Sticky Soul Fingers, their compilation, a soulful tribute to that album. Amongst artists there was Sharon Jones doing her version of Wild Horses as a connection between Lee Fields and Sharon Jones. In 1998 he was recording his debut album for a label called Desco Records and they were expecting three backing vocalists in the studio. And in walked Sharon Jones and said, you don't need three if you've got me. And the co-founder of Desco, Gabe Roth, uh, left them and formed Daptone Records. And this is where we're going to hear Sharon now on her second album for Daptone, an album called Naturally.
or the late great Sharon Jones there with How Do I Let a Good Man Down on Daptone Records. And I mentioned earlier Mojo Music Magazine. In the current edition, there's a book review of It Ain't Retro, Daptone Records and the 21st Century Soul Revolution by American journalist Jessica Lipsky. And it gets a great review. It's just out in the shops from a few days ago. And thanks to Jawbone Press, the publishers, and particular Tom Seabrook, we have a copy to give away to you as a prize this month. Before I set the question, in the publicity for Jessica Lipsky, it ends with saying, in her free time, she likes to boogaloo down Broadway. providing this month's My Kind of Town location song was the fantastic Johnny C. That's actually his name, the fantastic Johnny C. Boogaloo Down Broadway. And amongst the blurb on Jessica, it says she first encountered sweet soul music as a child by obsessively turning her radio dial. Well, based on that, I asked her, could she pick for the show one of her favourite records? And kindly she did, and described it as pop perfection. How can you get pop perfection? It's not easy, as Jessica would well know. But I think she would agree that if you have the formula, where you have the possibly the best songwriter in the world, Smokey Robinson, and then possibly the best musicians at the time, the Funk Brothers, and then possibly the best vocal group, the Temptations, then you end up with this.
1963, The Temptations. Jessica went on to tell me that she wasn't quite sure why that song hits her so much, but she always had a thing for The Temptations, and as of late, the tune reminds her of dancing with a friend in the local record store, which is Record City in her hometown of Brooklyn. One evening when things were slow, just a sweet memory. Well, Jessica, thanks for sharing that memory with us. All the very best with the book. I'll be doing my bit and reviewing it for the Soul Source Forum. And to win the book, all you have to do is email me at johnnycorsair9 at gmail.com and tell me another Daptone Records artist. Now here's Wilson Pickett, sounding very Scar-like.
Wilson Pickett on the Correct Tone label and Let Me Be Your Boy. I mentioned the Soul Source Forum earlier. I put a question on there a few weeks back as to, did anybody know for sure who was the backing vocalist on there? Because there was confusion or different views that it was either the Primettes, who were pre-Supremes, or the Supremes, or the Adantes. And the Adantes were the female session group uh, for Motown in the 60s on numerous records. And it led to some great responses, either what their ears led them to believe, or extracts from a biography on Wilson Pickett, which said it was the Adantes, extract from a correct tone label article on a website, which said it was the Adantes, people thinking it sounded more like the Supremes. And there was a CD sleeve that somebody put on the forum that, on this particular track, it has either the Supremes or the Adantes in the personnel. Even the people who compiled it weren't certain. And in the end, I messaged a guy called Rob Kay on the forum, who I felt should know. He's worked with Motown extensively in the past. His reply was, it was the Supremes. In spring 1962, they sang the backgrounds. I can clearly hear Diane's and Mary's distinctive voices. Diane being the birth name for Diana Ross. It was two years after they, as the Primettes, signed with Tamla Records in 1960. So, in fact, they were moonlighting. Here's Helen Henry and Every Little Bit Helps. Henry, taken from a brand new CD put out by Ace Records called the Back to the Basics, the Chips Moment Songbook. And I can't tell you anything about Helen Henry because the compiler of the CD, Tony Rounce, couldn't find anything about her. They've discovered the two recordings she made, 
which were Chips Moman's songs. Probably he produced them as well. But she's a mystery, unfortunately. Great tune, though. And Chips Moman, born in LaGrange, Georgia in 1937. He worked at the Stax Record Studios, producing some of their early hits, and then went on with a select group of musicians to form the small studio in Memphis called American, where he would work with people like Wilson Pickett, King Curtis, Dusty, and Elvis. And... As now has become customary with Ace Records, they are giving us this CD, which has only just come out, as I say, as a prize and a simple question. Chip's moment, if he did nothing else, co-wrote the fantastic Dark End of the Street. All I want to know is who did he write it with? Put that name in an email, johnnycorsair9 at gmail.com, and you could win this great CD. Chip's, uh, after the American studio, went to work in Nashville, writing and producing a lot of country hits. So this CD is made up of some soul songs and country now it's our back to back time. And for him, 64. You have a rough childhood as well, because with him being the only black kid used to be up there, it used to be rough, but he yeah. has to fight it out. He was a rough kid. To move on, but got motion sick. It's hard to forget when the dark days hit. It's cruel. Remember the things I didn't do, and a dark day hits once more. In disbelief at the depth of the skies, can't open my eyes. Nothing holding me down, it is way inside. Reminds me I'm actually sinking. I've been thinking about the future, feeling things I didn't use for. I was free, not before. But after my fall, free to believe in words I didn't mean Just to get by, I'd rather die than to cry It's a hard life When it's buried, I'm caught when it's open I don't think the end is near But here's hope and a sign It won't be the last time But the learning is making me stronger A little longer I've been waiting All this shit's so frustrating I was free, not anymore Facing things from before I tried to believe In words I didn't mean Just to get by I'd rather die than to cry It's a hard life It's a hard life It's a hard life To make happy 
Back to back this month. First up was Pip Millet, a 22-year-old from Manchester. That's taken from her brand new EP called Motion Sick. And right at the start of that tune, you heard her mum. And that moved into Lady Ray and Games People Play, a single from earlier this year. A number of you have been asking for more Lady Ray. And as I think I said, hopefully there'll be an album out either later this year or early next. We now have the Freedom Affair, described by their record label Coal Mine Records as... A freight train out of Kansas City. Soul, dirty, funky drums, gritty horns, and the combined vocals of Misha Roberts, Saker Groves, and Paula Saunders to put this band over the top. This is taken from their album Freedom is Love, and it's a perfect summer soundtrack.
Out of my mind, the Freedom Affair. Well, last month, the CD prize was a Stax Southern Soul compilation, volume two, called Everybody Makes a Mistake. My simple question was, could you name the title of the first volume? And a Mark Pegham came out of the hat. He got it right. It was Nobody Wins. Well, clearly he did. And the CD is going to go off to him. Well, we're going to close this month's show with our Let's Flip theme, the B-side. And a very similar story to the Orioles, if anybody's still with me from show one. It was a couple of New York DJs, I think on WHOM station, flipped over the Orioles song and preferred the B-side. It's too soon to know. And within weeks, it became a huge hit. Well, this time, the A-side is by Tyrone Davis, A Woman Needs to Be Loved, produced by Carl Davis. 
no relation. And having recorded the A and the B side, Carl Davis went off to have lunch or something. By the time he came back, Tyrone and the musicians thought that the B side was so much stronger. Carl Davis was having none of this, insisted on the A side staying that way, and they released it and it did nothing. A Houston DJ, nicknamed The Wild Child, flipped the record over and played the B-side. And, you can guess it, it soon became a national hit. Until next month, I'm going to leave you with Tyrone Davis and Can I Change My Mind? Oh, she didn't bat an eye As I packed my bags to leave she would start to cry I sit around my room and breathe But you're the girl She fooled me this time She acted like I was the last thing on her mind I would like to start all over again Baby, can I change my mind? Wanna change my mind Baby, let me change my mind As I took those steps Toward that open door Change my mind Baby, let me change